0: This is the Piss Goff Podcast with your host, Yusuf Goff.
1: All right, and we are back with another episode. Piss Goff, joined again by my father. How you doing? Hello, Yusuf. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, this week, I want to talk to my dad because, you know, he's, he's very knowledgeable about uh, the housing market and whatnot. And I thought it'd be interesting to talk to him about the whole BlackRock buying up the homes. I heard China's also buying up the homes. And I kind of wanted to talk about it with somebody who, who has had some experience, a lot more experience, you know, me having none uh, in real estate. And, and some of his thoughts and opinions. And these are some things that you guys obviously should be knowing if you don't already know. But just to, to kind of sum them up so you kind of have direction of where I'm talk, what I'm talking about is. Um, BlackRock is a financial institution. And besides them and also Chinese, uh, we'll say players in the Chinese market, they're buying homes in America at higher than market value. And I think the theory is they're buying it to rent it out to us in the future, which is why rent has gone up a lot. Home prices have gone up a lot. Even car, used car prices have gone up a lot because there's the demand. So what are your thoughts on any of this?
2: Well, I mean, that's free enterprise system. It's business. Capitalism at its best. Um, I think years ago, the government tried to limit monopolies from being able to take a large portion of the business uh, and getting rid of the mom-and-pop stores. Uh, you see those corporations have lobbyists that allow them to operate under different trade names, but there's still one big corporation. Oh, yeah. And so they found the loophole to get around it. And by that, and
1: you're, you're talking like, you know, how Coca-Cola also owns like right, Frito-Lays Co- and like the chip company. And I think they own like Nabisco too, like the cookies. and.
2: Right. So so they put out the product at a cheaper cost because they do it in bulk and they buy in bulk. So now the new, the mom and pop Outfits can't compete with them. So in that
1: case, you're well, talking more this like this is Wal-Mart. the same thing. Right.
2: The, the housing market has become the same way. You have pension fund people. You have people on Wall Street that invest in uh, apartment buildings where they buy up apartment buildings. Now you have foreign investors, whether it's Chinese or um, any other or country domestic, yeah. that, that, that can do it. Um, BlackRock 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 is one of these Companies that Supposedly is using pension fund money So rather than The money sitting there not doing anything They're buying up real estate at Top dollar With the idea of people are always Going to need a place to live and they're going to be able To rent it and so um, When you look at short term investing And long term investing it's a long term Investment but it's an investment that you would keep because every, somebody's always going to rent your space.
1: Right, and I think that's kind of what Isaac was talking about a little bit. That was what we were listening to um, uh, with the sense of, well, I, maybe you can explain a little bit better, but how I guess the, because interest rates are so low, these people who have a lot more, or we'll just say, um, financial stability, they can choose to take these risks and take these loans to get these homes for cheaper and now rent
2: them out. Okay, I'll look at look at your money, right? You have money. A million dollars. If you put it in the bank, what are you getting? Less than 1%. Right. Okay? So now you take it and you buy a house for that million dollars. And what is your return on your investment? If your return on your investment is 6%, you're making 6 times more than you would if you just, just put it in, in the, the bank. bank. Yep. Okay? Now what happens is as the tenant pays the mortgage and the insurance and the taxes you're developing an, uh, an asset as well you're you're paying into the you're paying off the the mortgage and your equity in the asset starts to increase so over 30 years now you've owned that property that was paid for by somebody else but in the same time that initial investment that you had is now Paying you a return six times what the banks would give you, right? Now you buy a house for a million dollars, but you don't put a million dollars down. You put twenty percent down, right? Yeah. So so then you finance eighty percent of it,
1: right? Right. So now
2: that that same million dollars that would have given you one that well you would have got one percent in the bank, okay? It has bought six properties or five properties. That are all are producing five percent or six percent. Okay, so now you got thirty percent return on your investment because the interest rates are so low. They're historically low right now.
1: Now that's interest for what? That's that's literally that's what you're saying is like why you're only going to get one percent at the bank, but also why if you take out a loan you can get it for less. Well, is that, the, is that kind let's of say
2: let's say you're borrowing the money at three percent. Yeah. Okay. But when when you collect the rent, you're, it's always way more than your mortgage payment and your insurance payment because you're not going to buy a house that w- your rent is going to be less than what your mortgage payment is because that doesn't make any sense.
1: Right. So Okay?
2: So you're going to buy a house that if you took a mortgage out on it would be like 1500 bucks with your interest rate, interest and insurance and taxes, okay? And then you're going to charge 1800 or 2100 cuz the the rentals, so you can make some rental rental as well. The rental rates are crazy right now. Well that the, yeah. a, a two bedroom in certain portions of the country, you probably can get for 600 800 bucks. If you're inside this area, a two bedroom you can pay twenty five hundred bucks if you're in Manhattan, two bedroom you're probably oh, paying three thousand thirty five grand yeah, okay, so it depends on where you're buying, but also if you bought um where the rents are eight hundred bucks, you probably buy the house for a hundred and fifty thousand where you're here where the the rents are probably going to be around twenty five hundred you're buying them at six hundred thousand. But if you're buying them in New York and you're getting 3,500, you're probably uh, in the million-dollar range for that same building. So, um, so that, depending on where the market is, you know, that's that's how they figure out your return on investment. So let's let's just that, a, that makes it whether it's a good it's a good investment to buy or not buy.
1: Right now, kind of on on a similar track the bank like we were talking about this before the podcast but the like i was trying to explain to you how like the banks pretty much just they get a real asset in the sense of a home off of uh of pretty much funny money created money like obviously you know they have to play by their rules but it's all non-existent money and by that and just for my my listeners uh what i mean is the bank you want to go buy that million dollar house and Let's just say you go to the bank for your loan. They'll give you the loan for a million minus your deposit or whatever, right? Right. And now, assuming you pay off this whole home, and we're not going to go into taxes, like, you know, property tax, but let's say you buy off this home after 30 years is roughly the thing they do. Now, that's your home. You get to increase value and press this value now to your family. It builds generational wealth. Well, what the bank can do is, and like what I think was a big problem in 2008, Uh, and before that especially is they were giving out loans for homes that people could not afford and then but they were at prices at the time we'll just say a thousand dollars a month and then after a while it just jumped up to like four thousand when they could barely afford the one thousand a month but now they have to pay four and if they lose their home now well the bank who lent you fake money because I don't know who's if they're especially if they're the ones who own the property. They don't even have to really give you the money for their home.
2: All right, let me let me so, yeah, clear up a little bit. All right, banks work by they can lend money based upon the money they have. Right. So now everybody, every Joe schmo that puts their money in a bank account and a savings account and a checking account, that becomes money that the bank is holding. They have for just to make the numbers easy 1 million okay now they can lend out 10 million on the 1 million right okay so they're able to lend out that much money now what will happen in 2008 is people were were buying houses and they were getting mortgages that were higher than the eighty percent so used to buy a house where Twenty. You put twenty percent down, and you finance eighty percent. Well, the banks saw that the market was increasing, so we're going to lend out a hundred or a hundred and five percent of the value of the house. So they were appraising houses. Oh yeah, houses. they were
1: giving. So they were giving you more money.
2: So they were appraising houses higher than the real value, mm. so they can. So you, as as a buyer who didn't really have the down payment, could. Pay the down payment through the borrowed money, and do the closing cost through the borrowed money. Okay, hmm. so now people so, I mean, were buying, makes sense. so now people were buying houses, but if you didn't have good credit, what happened is you got an adjustable rate mortgage. You didn't that get a fixed mortgage. Yes, adjustable okay? rate. So now when the adjustable rate mortgage was two uh, percent, then you can make your payments. But when the, when the uh, interest rates changed and it became 12%, oh, I,
1: now you, you can't
2: make the payments anymore, right? Yeah. So who lost? Well, middle-class America. Well, the buyer lost because he ended up going into foreclosure. Right, and then did all the, the money... Did the banks lose? No, of the course not. The banks didn't lose. Why? They got billed because out. Because ba- not only that, the banks insure the mortgage. Oh, yeah, yeah. So when so the person I'm- goes into foreclosure... The insurance pays the mortgage note off. Now the bank has the asset in foreclosure. They turn around and sell it for fifty or sixty or seventy percent of the market value. So they recoup another seventy percent.
1: So then that does make sense, then, right? How they'll take this asset. They'll, they're they're able to take your home now because you couldn't afford it. Right. They could get their, they're going to make their money back from what they lent you. So it's not like they're even losing out the money because they have that insured. Right, you, and, 30, and now they have your home on top of the money they already gave you for the home.
2: Right. The, so now they have
1: a home and a home.
2: The, the, the scenario that we just gave you was somebody who foreclosed on a home. Right. For the scenario of the person who pays off the home, the banks will, take, will get about three times the value they, sent, they lent you. So exactly. if you borrowed $500,000, you will pay a million and a half back.
1: That's just okay. for them, I think. That's for them. So, you'll still, if you, like, you, so if you, let's say, bought a half a million dollar house, you might end up paying two million in the end.
2: The half a million for your initial, and then
1: one and a half on top in interest. You'll
2: pay, they usually say like three times the value, three times the mortgage value. So, you're going to buy that house that's going to cost you a million and a half. And that's? A $500,000 house will cost you a million and a half after 30 years. See, that
1: doesn't make sense. I mean, obviously, I understand it has to. Somehow makes sense enough that the bank makes its money off of that long-term investment, but that the person is still able to buy it. I can see it costing you double max, because that'd be 50 percent, right? Okay. okay. But like, if I had a credit card, my credit card interest rate is 20 percent. Now I never pay it because I always pay my stuff off on time. But even that 20 percent is a lot. You're telling me that's 100, at least 100 percent. Is what you're gonna be paying into your house on top in interest, pretty much.
2: Look, the the interest rates are lower now, but the way the interest rates, the amateurized interest rates, are not the same as a straight interest rate. So if I buy something for a hundred dollars and I pay six percent sales tax, you pay six bucks on a hundred. Yeah. Okay. The the interest rates in the banking industry is compounded. So you're paying interest on, on this thing that is over 30 years. So when in, in a 30-year mortgage, the first 10 years pays off mostly the interest payment. And the second 10 years, you're kind of split almost half and half where half your principal is paid and half your interest is paid. And the third 10 years, then it's more the per, the principal than the interest. So, but they what they do is they come back and they tell you, oh, don't you want to refinance your house so you can get a lower rate? Right. Okay? But now you're starting that whole interest thing again. So now you take out another 30-year mortgage.
1: So let's say... And we... the
2: next first 10 years of that is mostly interest. So that's what are So you're never doing. paying down your principal. I get it. Okay. But we, we didn't finish before. We were talking ahead, about yeah. when, the, when a person forecloses, the banks end up with the asset and they get paid the insurance money, okay? They also got a bailout from the government. Right. So they got the bailout from the government saying that they helped all these people with mortgages that they should have never given the mortgage to. Right. They got the insurance money on the people who foreclosed on it they got the initial 20% and in whatever payment that the people made, and they got the asset. Yeah. So the banks made out all the way around.
1: And they screwed us over.
2: And the people got shafted. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And and that's honestly because, like, like whether you, however you want to put it, you just explained it, you broke it down for them, and I'll, I'll break it down one more time for anybody who's daft. The banks were bailed out because, if not they were under the assumption of, oh, then everybody's going to be homeless, so we have to bail out the banks. Well, the banks already had a, a fishnet, or they had their safety net in the sense of the mortgage insurance. Right. So even they didn't even need the bailout, technically. Right. Then they did get the bailout, and not only did it not go towards the right people, it went towards bonuses towards them. So they double-screwed over everybody. And now I think is what's kind of happening again, which is why I wanted to bring it up to people.
2: Okay, so now, now the scenario is this. They saw that when they bailed all those people, the banks out the last time, the homeowner didn't benefit. And the middle class is basically who keeps the economy moving. Okay? So now they decided, well, let's do something different this time. Let's give these stimulus checks to the people so they can start spending the money and... Put it back in the economy. Otherwise, we would have had a recession. Yeah. Okay. So now they did um, housing assistance. They did food stamp. They did unemployment. They did child uh, child was it child, child care, and they did um, the um, the deductions for every child you have oh
1: yeah so, so they made you got it two thousand dollars I think the doctor so, for so kid, they right? made
2: it so that people that were living them on, on minimum wage are now making thirty or forty thousand dollars so why would you work at this point you're making more money now with all this than you were when you were working okay now who ends up still suffering the middle class because the middle class is paying the taxes and the big corporations have the loopholes. So you got guys like Bezos who pays less taxes than his employees or Donald Trump who uh, I forgot what they said he paid $600 in, pro- in taxes where if you're an employee you pay more than that coming out of your paycheck every week. Right. Okay. Well-
1: uh, as you were saying, the two thousand dollar—I think—well, you didn't say two thousand. Well, I think it was two thousand uh, dollars child uh, tax benefit tax, ta-
2: tax credit credit, right? Right.
1: You know uh, who claimed that? Bezos. Yeah,
2: of course.
1: Did he need to? I mean, he had enough money to go to the fucking uh, upper atmosphere, but but no, but this guy is that, that. See, that's what I call scumbag mentality. That's like super super greed. You're so greedy. The, 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 it's beyond the sense of, like, you need to have a certain level of greed to go from regular to rich, I would say. Not entirely. You could have hard work and ethic, like they try to tell us that these people had. But then to go from rich to ultra-rich, you must. There's not. There's no more hard work involved. It's all ultra-greed at that point. You have to be willing to sacrifice things for others in order to take it for yourself and perfect example bezos could easily give every single one of his employees uh, a, a one like what a add an extra zero on all their checks and it would probably do very little to him financially because like even yeah maybe he'd go half of his entire he'd go from being a a, bil- a trillionaire to a billionaire but still it's not like he can spend any of that money in his entire lifetime, anyway. He
2: he has more money than he can spend that his children can spend in not an entire lifetime, probably ten lifetimes. Okay. If you
1: spend a million dollars a second, there's like a billion is a thousand million.
2: The, the thing is, when when you're looking at the top richest families, the top one two percent, it's not a matter of. How much money do you have that you need? Okay. Well, that's, it's all about power at that now, point. Now it is, it is the status. Right. Okay. Did, did you
1: ever watch the movie Brewster's there, Millions?
2: There used to be a, a poster that was in your room when you were a kid. Oh, I love it. He I know who has mean. most toys wins. Yep. Okay, and you saw the Lamborghini. All and the, the cars, yep. The, okay, well, that's what the, the rich are about. Yeah. He who has the most toys wins. Uh, what was I going to say right before? Now, that? Bezos, he, he's traveling, and Elon Musk, they're traveling out of space because this this Earth is not enough?
1: Well, no, it's all about... Oh, Brewster's Millions. I don't know if you ever saw that movie. I never saw it, but the idea of it was... Uh, I don't remember the exact number, so we'll just we'll sum it up like this. This guy was given a million dollars. He can get a million dollars if he spends a million dollars... But he can't just, like, buy... Like, there was, like, certain rules to it. And he has to be able to spend, like, a million dollars within a certain amount of time. And if he does that, he gets a million dollars on top of it. But he's like, well, how do you spend... Uh, and obviously, I'm just using a simple number. I think it was a lot higher. But it was something, like, where you had, like... A, he had a month to spend, like, a hundred million dollars. Could he do it? And he was like, oh, buying this, this, and this, and this, and this. And then you realize, like, yeah, you can just acquire stuff, the point I guess I was trying to make in that whole thing was he realized how difficult it is to spend money, uh, especially if you're doing it only on yourself, not on others. I think that was one of the rules. Like, you can't spend it on others. It has to be for you. It's a lot harder to spend it when it's just on yourself. So the point I was trying to make is it's hard already psychologically. These people are fighting that. Because mentally, we all want to be secure in life. Right. We would be fighting our security if we wanted to, let's say, live in the middle of the woods with no resources and just hunt off the land with no skill set either. Now, I'm not talking about if you're, you know, a, a, a hunter who knows how to live off the land, you're going to be fine out there. But if you have no, let's say, Yasmin, my little sister, she's 13 years old. She doesn't know how to hunt. She doesn't know how to cook. She doesn't know how to build shelter. For her to go over there, that would go against her natural instincts. And almost like it goes against your natural instincts to be that greedy. Like, that you can't, like, you have, if you spend it only on yourself, but these people are so, so sociopathic that they can do that.
2: Well, Am I making sense? I don't know if I'm they, just rambling in circles. Yeah, I, I think I understand what you're saying, but. Like, it almost seems like it goes against nature. There's there's a whole different element to it's not greed, it's, it's more than greed. And that's, okay. I think, like a power it's thing. It's the Machiavellian way of thinking where. Uh, it doesn't matter what you do to gain what you want. Like it doesn't matter if you if people have to suffer. It doesn't oh, yeah. matter if you know you know the Nike commercial. Just do it. I think I do. Right? Was what, the word so so you know you want to
1: like the means to the end or something like justify yeah, it the, or something the, the I forgot men, the, the word the ends justifies the the, ends means. Justify the means yes
2: okay so you know look at Monsanto Monsanto knows that that. Um, GMO foods are not beneficial to you, right? Okay. There's a Dr. Seavey. He says that the plant can't pull the nutrients out of the ground. So you're eating, they're saying that we can now produce more food to feed more people. But if their food has no tr- nutrition, then what is it food or cardboard?
1: Right. Well, that's kind of like what they say with corn, like you can't really digest corn, so it's like just a wasted thing.
2: Right, but corn is in everything.
1: But here's the creepy thing that I want my people to know about. It's Monsanto. Wow. If I have a soybean farm, and I'm not Monsanto, and I'm next door to you, and you have Monsanto soybeans, if your soybeans pollinate mine, mine are no longer my own now. They're right, a product of Monsanto. of Monsanto.
2: product of Monsanto. That happened upstate New York with a a guy who was uh, growing organic corn, and the farm next to him um, had the Monsanto corn, and they cross-pollinated, and when he went to sell the corn, they told him that he can't sell his corn because it belongs to Monsanto.
1: So... The reason I wondered about that. But I mean it's not
2: up. just Monsanto, it's, uh, it's Moderna. ocean, ocean spray well, it's has brought up all the berry is it ocean spray? Yeah, they're the ones with the cranberries. They they bought, not they don't only well, own cranberry, they own the rights to all berries. Yeah. Okay? You you well, it was Monsanto that did the uh, the pesticide, right?
1: The, yeah, Roundup. Roundup. Yeah, I believe now, so.
2: Now, they knew what the hell was going on, but they had their bean counters count and say, okay, uh, down the line we'll have uh, a million people file a claim for cancer and we'll pay out $10 million on each one, but we just did a trillion dollars of business selling this stuff that they knew was going to cause problems. Right. Okay, but the end was the trillion dollars that they made versus the billion dollars that they paid out.
1: So That's another thing that they will that they do, like the pharmaceutical companies especially. They'll say, okay, well, we know this product is dangerous. How much money is it going to cost us in lawsuits and pay that out versus if we just stop selling it? Oh, well, we could still sell it and just pay less in lawsuits than just not sell this harmful product? Oh, well, let's just go ahead and sell this harmful product and then just pay off lawsuits. That, okay. that, that's how screwed up... These people are, but the reason I work on that.
2: On that same line, vaccinations, right?
1: Oh, perfect. Thank you.
2: Vaccinations were a thing where every school age, kid has to get vaccinated. Right. Okay? Uh, When I was a kid, maybe you had four or five shots after the age of four, and then you had a couple of boosters. Right. Your age, it became almost like 18 vaccines before school age. Now you're in 20-something... Uh, vaccines that you need before you enter school, okay? Yeah. Now, if you end up with uh, autism from it, in the past you can sue up to $250,000, okay? So they've, they're forcing the vaccine on school age kids, scaring the parents into thinking that you're not gonna be able to get your kids in school but they're not taking the responsibility of, if you're forcing me to vaccinate the kid, then you should take the responsibility that if my kid becomes autistic or dies, because the card they give you says could cause headache, could cause fever, could cause this, and then the last thing it says, it could cause death. Okay? Yeah. Are they going to be responsible enough to take, to take um, the responsibility for that? Now, with this whole thing, with this new vaccine, the COVID vaccine, they eliminated the right for people to sue, period. So, if you have a problem that results from the Moderna or the Pfizer or the Johnson & Johnson or the AstraZeneca, they're immune from lawsuit and now they're finding that there's a bunch of different things are happening, okay? Now, these people... Who are getting these injections because they're not paying for it? I think it becomes a different problem with legality as far as if I got it for free, now can I sue? Yeah. Because if you paid for it, now you have a, 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 a sort of a, a connection, uh, if you will. Well, yeah, because you paid for something that was supposed to protect you. And it hurt you. And it hurt you. Versus something that was So now you have a legal battle against it. But if you got it for free, do you have that same battle? Now, I'm not sure of the legalities of it, but I think that's a big part of why they made it like that. Now,
1: I'll tell you this. you, You can't, forget even that. You can't really buy the vaccine in America. They're just giving it out. Now, here's the biggest thing. They're pushing the vaccine more and more and more. And my theory, and I think I talked about it a little bit last week, was why are they going door to door and saying, hey, we'll we'll give you the vaccine? Because it's going to expire, right? This vaccine apparently has an expiration date. Right. And everybody who probably wanted to take it already took it. Right? Right. Now, if you go to a country like Haiti, uh, which is one of the three countries in the world who said we're not going to force our people to vaccinate, Well, they're going to go ahead and assassinate your your leader. Now, you can go, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, too, or you can go the opposite end of Haiti, where you go with uh, the Philippines, where they're pretty much telling you, if you don't get this vaccine, we're going to put you to jail, and we're going to give you ivermectin, which is made for pigs. So you're not even going to get the vaccine. Now you're only going to get pig medicine.
0: Right.
1: So there's clearly some kind of an agenda. And the reason I wanted to bring that up when we were talking about Monsanto is, remember how Monsanto cross-pollinates and now... It becomes a product of Monsanto. Right. Evidently, I heard the Moderna vaccine. I think was the mRNA one. They can it can change your DNA enough to now you're a product of Moderna, and you're no longer uh, Yusef the human citizen. Now you're Yusef the product of Moderna because you took the Moderna and your DNA changed enough.
2: Well, then then d- does that change your Right as
1: you would no longer have rights as a human, as a U.S. citizen, because you're now a product.
2: We don't, we don't really have rights as a human citizen anymore. Or a a U.S. US citizen citizen. anymore. If you think about the straw man and and uh, that whole scenario where um, the government has set up a straw man based upon your birth certificate, and that when you receive any kind of court paperwork, it's always in capital. Versus your capital first letter and small case, uh, the rest of your name. Yeah. Okay. So um, there's a lot of stuff on that. Um, I don't know how much of it's true or if it's... um, it could be
1: fake well, but i mean
2: well, you know that the conspiracy that theory. i stuff, think is a little but, bit
1: more uh, i think i know you're talking about the straw man stuff but it's a little bit out there but the the point that you would say is not so far-fetched would well, be that they 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 take you from yousef the u.s citizen to yousef i think it's like a corporate entity or the corporation so that way they can take a loan out under your name and I think that's what the government does. Like, well, all I'm, of our, our financial loans are taken out under the U.S. citizens' uh, Social Security numbers.
2: Right, but but if you look at the, all the maritime law and how the judicial system is set up in this country and the judge is sitting up high and you have to walk behind the gate, okay, they, if you listen to some of the stuff, the theories that they talk about, once you pass the gate and the judge... When the bailiff says "everybody rise" and "everybody sit down," the judges entered and stuff. You basically have given up your right. You've become like as if you boarded the ship and you're governed by maritime law. Okay. So, as a citizen of the of the country, uh, of if you are based upon the Constitution, you have the rights. But once you go into a courtroom, you don't have those rights anymore, okay. Um, you basically relinquish them, and you're basically saying that you're going to rely on the admiral, the judge, to determine your scenario, your case, right? Okay, now. I don't know. It's it, no, it makes it, sense. This, this is where we we're, don't have to this go is, all the way this into is that. What we're living in, but you have a birth certificate, like a birth birthing doc certificate. You have your death certificate. Okay. So when you come in from, from your mother's port and when you go out, everything's documented. Okay. Um, you know, it's, it it makes a lot of sense if you just you just gotta listen to some of these guys talk that know what they're talking about, and it's very interesting because, um, you know, we we think we have rights, um, but based upon uh, the way things are set up in this admiral court or maritime court, we don't really have those rights.
1: Yep. Well, no, the, and you know, it's it's so screwed up because like I was saying um, with Haiti, one of the things that, that kind of that, that really stuck in when I did a little research on it was there was a, a syphilis experiment done in Haiti where 400 million people were, uh, 400 million Haitians were infected with syphilis wow. the same way they did in Tuskegee in America. Now, okay. I've been talking about the Tuskegee syphilis experiment, and now I found out about this Haitian syphilis experiment. And then those are the things that, that are always like, oh, Yusuf, you should trust the government. You know, they won't hurt you. And they're like, oh, well, what about this? Where they literally, and at least in Tuskegee, I know the facts a lot more. In Tuskegee, they said, hey, you're uh, a low-income uh, African-American person, so we're going to give you free health care. We're, so we're going to check up on you. We'll give you actual just regular health care. So we'll give you doctor visits and just check on you and make sure you stay healthy. What you did, that's what we told you. What we really did is fake health visits, where all we did is infect you with syphilis and monitor the, the effects of the syphilis over X amount of time without medication. So let's see what, what happens if you don't treat syphilis for x amount of time? Well let's do the experiment on these black people. We'll just tell them we're giving them free health care. And, and then you know what else we'll do? And then in less than 100 years, when a virus comes out called, uh, we'll just call it SARS-CoV-2, we'll go ahead and let the same thing happen, where now you're infected and we'll go ahead and give you an infection and see what happens. Because all these people, like you were saying earlier, you can't sue them, you can't, there's no risk, they didn't even buy it. So it was, you literally, you gave up your rights when you chose to take this free experimental vaccine. Right. So now when shit happens later on and they're testing some super aids or whatever the hell happens, you chose to let this happen. You chose to either be a product of Moderna or to be experimented on because you thought you were helping. And and this is the worst, the most disgusting part. A lot of the people who took the vaccine... They didn't take it because they wanted it to be an experiment. They took it because they genuinely thought I'm helping people who are more vulnerable than me from dying. They, they did it with they, a positive th- a reason to do it.
2: They trusted that the government is out to protect the people. Exactly. Um, but I mean, it's not just Tuskegee and Haiti. It was done to a lot of the military guys, yep, where they were doing stuff uh it's done to a lot of prisoners, okay, that they do experimental stuff, and it's not it's not just America that did it there was stuff that that the Nazis did, and the Russians did, and it's still going on today in other countries as well um mm. You know, we trusted the government in that uh, Iraq had weapons of mass destruction. We went into Iraq, we found no no weapons of mass destruction. Yet for twenty one years, the country has been devastated. Exactly. And it was the largest middle class country in the Middle East, and now they to till today they still have. Problems with running water, sewage, electric, the hospitals, the schools, their infrastructure. And they
1: had money and gold in there.
2: And they were they could have one of the largest producers of oil. Um, there were rooms of $100 bills, gold. On pallets, stacked. In palaces, full. Yeah. Right. Okay. All that stuff was gone. Uh, I heard... Something to the effect that the United States and Britain both had uh, an agreement where, for the first five years, the United States would take the money from the oil, and then they would turn it over to Britain for them being an ally. They would be able to reap the money of the oils to pay for uh, the the money that was expended by the United States and by Great Britain. In the war, but the war should have never taken place f- in the first place because it was the information was all bogus yeah. okay now oh well here's the uh, now there's another reason Henry Kissinger says he who controls the oil controls the economy. Well,
1: he. Well, I think. Although the the original quote was, "He who controls the food controls the people. He who controls the energy controls the nation." I would say that oil controls nations. Then. Okay, so. And he who controls the money controls the world.
2: So now there was a committee that was put together by the first George Bush, that said that he who controls the oil, uh, they needed to control the oil of Iraq in order to control the Middle East. Correct. And so. Saddam at that time said he was no longer going to take the U.S. dollar as petrodollars. He wanted oh, the money perfect. and gold and silver. And so I think that may have been one of the other reasons why they needed to get rid of him. Now, when Saddam was working for the United States fighting against Iran, he was our buddy-buddy. Yeah. Okay. When the United States brokered a deal to sell Iraqi oil through to Kuwait... Okay, which was part of Iraq at one point. Okay, then uh, Kuwait decided they're not going to give the money to Iraq. Saddam contacted April Glass, 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 who was the ambassador who brokered the deal. And she said, that's on you. It's not up to us anymore. Do whatever you want to do. And since he was already fighting a battle with uh, Iran all those years, his tanks rolled into Kuwait. When the tanks rolled into Kuwait, Saudi Arabia got scared and said, oh, well, since he rolled into Kuwait like that, he's gonna roll into Saudi Arabia and called the big brother of the United States, and we had to come in there and defend Kuwait and Saudi Arabia. So they end up putting American U.S. Troops. Citizens. Yeah, so they're American citizens. Yeah had to pay with their lives to defend oil interests in the Middle East. Okay? They weren't doing it to protect the people of the Middle East. They weren't doing it to protect the people of Iraq. They weren't to protect it. It wasn't there to protect Israel from weapons of mass destruction that were non-existent. Okay? So for 21 years we bombed And killed Now we were upset We are upset as a nation When the World Trade Center bomb Killed 3,500 people But when you talk about 350,000 people Then Those people shouldn't be upset with us
1: Well let's go with Yemen real quick Or I believe it was Yemen Oh no Libya I'm sorry Libya with Gaddafi I don't know exactly what happened. But now it's because I think Libya was one of the other countries that was trying to get off of the US backed petrodollar.
2: There was three countries. I think it was Libya,
1: Iraq, and
2: and Malaysia or Indonesia, one of those countries, they said they wanted to start trading, and they were going to make a new currency uh, on the dirham and dinar, which is the dinar is gold coin, and the dirham is a silver, so they wanted to be paid in gold and silver. They no longer wanted the US dollar.
1: Right. No. So
2: the guy in Malaysia or Indonesia, he ended up getting ousted. Saddam got executed by his people and put on the front of his or not Saddam, uh, Gaddafi got put on the front of his uh, car oh and my driven God, around. That was like so
1: terrible. Look, I don't even know how bad of a and, he could have been the worst and, scumbag in history. The shit that I heard them do, yeah, them dragging him from the car, heard yeah, them I mean, um, how, how sodomizing that, him with swords and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, you
2: know, and then and then you blow up the palace with his family in it. That's I don't know. Yeah, with with the technology we have and the military that we have to say that we couldn't send in a sniper to take him out is one thing, but you drop a bomb on his house and you kill um, his wife, his kids, his relatives. Uh, I just think that 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 kind of collateral damage is not justifiable. Um, It wouldn't be good if that were to happen in the United States. So it shouldn't be good that it happens elsewhere.
1: Well, see, I think, like, and I guess a lot of this all, not that it really ties together, but the way that I would say it all ties together is follow the i've always said this follow the money if you follow the money you can see what's real and what's fake a lot easier you can tell where people's real motives because like what we were talking about earlier even like in the conversation um like how the middle middle class is the one who supports the entire economy but what, look what happened to the middle class during coronavirus when they locked us down all the middle class mom-and-pop shops they couldn't stay open because they weren't Walmart, which was pretty much like five mom and pop shops in one store, maybe and, more. But yeah. you know, like yeah, they're the shoe, they're the clothing store, they're the food store, they're also the the school supplies, sporting goods, and sporting goods store. But every if you were just one of the stores, you couldn't stay open. Hardware store, right? Uh-huh. So, so they're able to stay open the whole time. They're able to keep making money while other places couldn't, especially the restaurants. And, like, we, was, um, we were listening to something else, but it was how they were saying how the fast food places, they're reducing their staff. Well, 10 years ago, for sure. 10 years ago was 2010. I was just out of college. Uh, and, yeah, you'd go into a fast food place. There would be probably just as many employees in there in a busy time as there were customers in a busy time. Now you go into these places, Bob. I went to, to get them, the Popeye's there was one cook in the back, one manager, and one lady taking the orders. Three people. Right. That's it. Because nobody else wants to work. Now eventually, when they can make it so it's automated enough that you don't even need a, a real person to cook, or they, they don't need a person to take the order either, why do they need a person to take order when you can just push the button? Why do I have to tell this this special person to push the picture of the chicken sandwich with the, with the pepper on it so they get the spicy chicken for me when I could just push the spicy chicken sandwich button. Why are you paying them for the bu- I can push the button myself.
2: Right. So, so what's going to happen is now there's going to be more people unemployed. The government is going to come in to help subsidize their unemployment. So who pays for it?
1: We do in the end.
2: Who's gonna pay for it?
1: Well, I mean, right the now the middle
2: the middle class is being is being uh, it's like a vampire; their blood is being sucked out of them at an unbelievable rate. The rich people are not gonna pay that cost. Yeah, but
1: what's gonna happen? And They're the going poor leave?
2: people, and the poor people right now, they found they found the system that they can depend on to. Reap the benefits, and they are taking advantage of that. Well, here's now welfare wasn't designed to be uh, a lifetime thing or generational thing. It was supposed to be five years. It was to help you get uh, yourself on your feet, whether you're going to school. Uh, the rent, the rent assistance was to help with. You're making money, but you're not making enough money to cover your rent. The food assistance was you're making money, but you're supposed, to, but you're not making enough to cover your costs uh Medicaid was um instead of being in the clinic cuz that basically most doctors now are taking it but they didn't take it because the reimbursements were terrible okay but it gave you emergency care okay um it was made to be short term it wasn't made to be a lifetime thing it wasn't made to be a generational thing now does that piss off people that work hard and they can't afford health care because they're paying 1500 1800 a month where somebody else is getting basically the same kind of coverage and doesn't pay anything does it make sense that when you go into the supermarket you have to take your post-tax dollars to buy food where um, somebody is getting uh, 1500 bucks a month to uh, buy food okay
0: that, I have a question for
2: that, you on that. That it's okay if they're working and they can't make ends meet, but to sit on your ass playing video games, that's not right.
1: Well, let's let's go into that then. Let's say uh, what we were talking about. You said pretty much there is a social, there's a net for the poor, and right. it's kind of being paid for by the middle class. We I mean, could say some very little bit of it's being paid for by the rich. Well, what happens when? The middle class who doesn't get successful and move on to becoming the rich, falls down into the poor. Then who's going to pay for all these things?
2: The smaller middle class. The middle class is getting squeezed. It's becoming smaller and smaller. But
1: eventually, it's going to be no more. It's going to be rich versus poor.
2: Right. And then what happens? Exactly. Then what happens? Because the rich aren't going to keep paying for us. See now you hit the you hit the nail on the head. Now when the rich get richer and the poor get poor, which is the same, right? Yeah. So now you got the rich who's getting richer, which is your 1 or 2 percent. And the poor is going to be what percent at that point? Maybe the poor are at 50 percent right now and the middle class is 48 percent. But now when 48 percent becomes the bottom, uh, the the poor, and you have 85, 90 percent poverty, then what happens then? That's where these corporations that are buying up all this land and buying up the houses then they're going to rent people out. They're going to basically enslave the people. They're going to make it so that you're going to work for them so you can eat. You're going to work for them so you have a roof over your head. You're going to you want clothing, you got to work for it. Okay? And they're going to be able to dictate the prices.
1: Yeah, and and that's I think where they're going, um, because that, that it, it's crazy, like, uh, simulation, I talk about simulation, because, like, certain things, I think, start to trigger, and, and you know, it's upon I would say it's also a religious thing, too, but I was reading, and then there's this little thing, let me see, I don't think I'm going to have the right quote, but I think it was, like, it was, a, it was a saying in the Bible, uh, to him that have more shall be given and for him that have not the little that they have shall be taken away and
2: what's that in reference to
1: I don't know I have to find I have to it's so apparently this is the uh, I gotta find out I don't know but anyway the point the point of that is, is that's kind of I think that was a saying in, in, I mean, I don't know why it was, it was referred to in the book that I was reading that was in the Bible. But the reason I even bring it up is, yeah, the rich are constantly trying to get richer. And they're taking it from the poor. Now, maybe in the religious aspect, it's like, like, they, like what we say, um, it's going to be as easy for a rich person to get into, or it's as difficult for a rich person to get into heaven as uh, a camel to leap through the eye of a needle something right. like that right okay so I think it's something similar to that like for those who are who have everything will be given to them and those who don't everything will be taken away now the That's, reason it was in the you're, book you're talking about worldly things right
2: not heavenly things right okay because heavenly things is uh, this is the opposite the, the I the more say. the more you have the more you're going to be responsible for the less you have the less you're going to be responsible for right so um we we were talking about religiously the the poor person has a greater chance of entering mm-hmm. heaven than the rich person does um does that say that does that mean that rich people don't go into heaven no, that doesn't mean that I mean rich people that do things where their intention is true and sincere like and, th- and that yeah like <laughs> and and that their their um they're doing something that benefits the people, okay. For the true sense of philanthropy, those people are going to get rewarded for that. Right. But the ones that are vaccinating an uh, a continent with, with the idea of we're going to vaccinate this continent, but they're doing birth control uh, in that continent, or they're they're staging it so they can reap the natural resources of that country that's that's not philanthropy right and, and you no know,
1: I think it's more along the lines of so the book that I was reading is, is like a, a, a kind of a self-help book so I guess the point of it being included in there is it was more to to tell you hey when you're like I guess the, the chapter was more like hey if you're a winner in life you're going to see you're going to get more in life and when you're a loser in life you're going to become more of a loser is like how to try to change your mental state. You have to think like a winner, not like a loser. And, you know, they use, like, a, a, in the nature, like you've probably seen with deer and all that. When The bigger deer that, that get to have all the women they want because they're the ones with the biggest antler and they, they messed up all the smaller deer. Well, they have to, the smaller deer have to fall in line, too. That's kind of like all throughout the world. And my point, I guess, with bringing it up here was... Um, uh, what was the... the the quote now. Now I'm brain farting. Ah, I stuck for a while. Oh yeah, yeah. So all these rich people, if they're doing it for the right reason, like you were saying, is good. But a lot of them, maybe even start off with the right reason, they get corrupted, especially with politics. Right. I've noticed.
2: There, there was a book I read years ago. It was called "The Greatest Salesman in the World" by Og Mandino. Mandino. His thing was, he was a salesman. He sold stuff and then he took a certain percentage of of the money and he gave it back to the people. And the people had more money and they ended up buying more from him. He had more money and he gave a certain percentage back to the people and and it just kept going back and forth and he got richer and richer. But the people benefited and he benefited. Okay? That's because he was doing it for, he was, his, his reward was he was getting blessed with more wealth because he was giving charity back to the people. Now, these rich people that are corporations, they don't do for charity They're because they have no conscience. Business, corporate business is about the bottom line, the dollar. Cut costs no matter what. Does it help the people? Does it hurt the people? It doesn't matter. As long as it saves the company X dollars so that the shareholders, the stock shareholders, make money. Well, I think
1: to kind of bring it full circle too, like what you were saying earlier about how we didn't go into another recession because the people were given the stimulus checks instead of it going to the corporations or the banks.
2: Right. right? P- picture this. You had rent freezes, yeah. mortgage moratorium. Okay. So you those who owned the houses and those who rented the houses didn't have to pay. You had cable companies giving you um, breaks on that. You had PSC and G saying that you couldn't they won't can't shut off your bills while you were back on on payment you had credit card companies that were giving you some leeways car payments that were giving you a deferment okay so now you were getting this money from the government so you didn't have all these bills to pay what did you do with the money
1: well see that was it gets did
2: you save it or did you spend it?
1: Most people, sp- even if they saved it, I'm sure they saved it, but they still spent it.
2: Okay, so they spent it, so they put that money back in the economy.
1: Yeah, even if you saved it, you probably used the money you spent, and now you're just replacing your savings. But okay. yeah, going back. So,
2: so that started moving the
1: economy. Well, see, I okay. think that's going to be the way that that has to be done. Because, like, look, if we're talking about in the future what they really want they need to do some kind of universal basic income and I know what you're saying yeah, but well, we, but don't, well, want we now, don't want these kids just sitting at home playing video
2: games we, we are at a point right now where they're they're producing this money like it's uh, like you're you're printing just paper well,
1: that's because okay? that's what they pretty much so are doing so the
2: more they make the more the value of the dollar drops okay well China so now that house that you bought for 350,000 which was 50,000 over the market value okay that you it was a 300,000 dollar house you bought for 350 that you're going to pay a million five for okay but it's not going to be worth 300,000 because the value of the dollar is down now so now did you pay three times or did you pay four times the value of that house
1: Now, here's something, you know, because I know you're not a big fan of the cryptocurrencies, and I wasn't either, because uh, I I get what you're saying. There's no physical, you can't touch it. There's no asset. Well, here's what China did. China, uh, Bitcoin and a lot of the cryptocurrencies have been on a big crash lately because China's banned the, the buying and selling of cryptocurrencies in China. Why? Because China is opening up their own cryptocurrency market to compete.
2: But their their cryptocurrency is based on gold.
1: They're also going to crash the U.S. dollar with that,
2: right? But but China has been buying up gold left and right, gold and silver for a long time.
1: They've been buying waters. They had warehouses full of water, gold. Um, there was other shit like they were buying a whole bunch of stuff. There, oh, it's almost like China knows there's going to be some big thing, some big event where. Uh, we're pretty much going to go back to the Stone Age in the sense of we're not going to have the same way of, of communicating and trading with regular currency. We're going to be going back to the Stone Age in the sense of using gold and silver and we're going to need resources because it doesn't matter about X, Y, Z, other shit. It, it's going to come down to like uh, Walking Dead or Game of Thrones kind of thing. It's he who has the biggest stick is going to win.
2: Okay, let, let's, let's stay on the cryptocurrency. Yeah. You have Bitcoin?
1: Yeah, I have some yeah.
2: Okay, Bitcoin is what now? Thirty thousand a coin or four, something? It's up to forty again. Okay, forty thousand a coin, right? Yeah. How much Bitcoin do you think the average person has?
1: Well, see, that's the beautiful thing. Bitcoins are broken up into what's called satoshis. Okay. So you can what? buy satoshis, but how right. many people have bitcoins at all? It's well, here's what it is. I don't remember the exact number, but I want to say it's like twenty percent of the people. Who own Bitcoin own like eighty percent of the Bitcoin? Okay, but so the, most but people, like a little bit but, of the people own most but, but of but
2: it. Who are those people? Are they the they early adopters? J- no. Joe Schmo? Are they people that have excess money that invested in and they're taking a risk?
1: A lot of them were just yeah early adopters. Okay, yeah.
2: so so now oh,
1: but I get what you're saying. Yeah,
2: majority of people are not going to have Bitcoin. Okay, and when Bitcoin goes up to. Uh fifty thousand or a hundred thousand a coin and your sodoshi
1: Yeah. Well you can sell some.
2: What are you gonna buy it with?
1: We have to buy it at this time and probably in the future with some oh, other in the
2: future, what are you gonna buy it with?
1: Probably well if
2: the market crashes, economy crashes, the yeah. dollar is not gonna be worth shit.
1: You have to use another currency.
2: So what are you gonna use?
1: Well, and to be honest with you right now, so then if to you use have another another a, then if
2: you have a trade okay you can barter okay you can barter trading whatever you do you're a plumber you're an electrician you're a doctor you're a lawyer you can barter your service okay as currency yeah okay but if you have no nothing what do you do if you're everyday person that really doesn't you know you're you're collecting welfare well, For most people you're, yeah, you're own welfare Or your Then what do you do What do those people do
1: Well here's what they say In investing Never invest more Than you Than you can lose Right Well For me That couldn't be Maybe a hundred dollars A month
2: Okay
1: Well When you're talking To Bill Gates That's Maybe a couple Hundred million A month right. That you can just trade And oh, I could lose A hundred million And it's nothing Off my back
2: yeah, guy, I'll make
1: that up again in the next minute. But
2: what's the guy's name for Bitcoin?
1: Uh, Satoshi, Satoshi Maramoto. That's the, the guy name? who's the one who. That's who they think made it.
2: Oh, uh, but who who's the big the guy? Oh, who controls Elon it?
1: Musk. You're saying who one who talks a lot and it goes he, up and d- down?
2: Well, Elon Musk. He's not pro pro Bitcoin because he's trying to move Dogecoin. All right. Right. But when he did down talked Bitcoin, the guy who had big Bitcoin money, he lost like. 30 million dollars or 30 billion dollars right overnight yeah okay he can lose 30 billion dollars and not affect him because
1: well because also you got to think about like the way I try to explain to people it's not a real loss or a win until you pull it out right so, so so now what you you can say yeah let's say he lost 30 million overnight well guess what over 10 years he gained 300 million so he really only lost uh, 200, uh, he he still gained 270 million overnight. Because it's, it's say, based you know? on
2: what? What is it? What is the money? What is it? What, what What is what is the backing of it?
1: Of cryptocurrency? Yeah, what backs it? Well, the cryptocurrency is, is backed by, it's called blockchain. So there's, a, blockchain it's a digital is, letter, ledger.
2: It's a digital Here's what ledger it comes down that to. keeps the checks and balance system.
1: Here's what it comes down to. You can't, with blockchain, which is why they want to use this and adapt it and other things,
2: okay.
1: there's a ledger that gets updated automa- on everybody. Everybody's thing updates automatically. So you cannot do what you can do with a credit card, which is I could, if I have, let's say, a $100 limit on my credit card, I can buy something for 50, uh, for $90 from you and something from $90 for him. And when the credit card company comes, it's like, oh, well, shit, we got double charged
2: we can't
1: we can't do this well with blockchain there's no possibility of overdrafting cuz you can only tra- cuz everything is is updated in real time instead of it being delayed like it is
2: right isn't that what the farming was all about is it farming
1: farming oh farming bitcoin yeah. mining it mining, 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 mining it. right well, that's what you're using is your right? that your was, computer is was... a resource is using it to, to hold a ledger of that transaction
2: right, right. Okay, so so now And for that
1: you get a percentage of a bitcoin.
2: So that that they're saying that's how your money is protected because there's millions of people that have this ledger.
1: Right. Ledgers everywhere,
2: right. All right. Let's say that China sends some kind of EMS, EMF. EMP, yeah. EMP. Electromagnetic pulse. And it knocks out the current the electricity. Oh well you wanna go there? Then what happens? Do you want to go there? You got Bitcoin? Okay. So uh, I talked, I talked about point? this
1: already. So here's a theory, right? Let's just go ahead and go this. We'll go this all over the board. It's Friday night. It's Friday or It's Friday morning and the banks are like, hey, we're going to do some maintenance uh, on our server. So the server is going to be down Friday. It'll be back on Saturday if you need to bank. Okay. Everybody's like, yeah, I guess I won't get my my check on payday, but I'll take it out the next day or whatever, right? Normal routine maintenance everybody's banks are down. Well, nobody can now access their money at that time. Well, let's say we do get hit by a solar flare or an EMP, an electromagnetic pulse, and it wipes down the power grid. Did you know that it's going to take, they say between 4 and 40 years to rebuild the power grid if it, if it were to have a catastrophic failure? Because it's so old and so badly maintained that it would take between 4 and 40 years and we would lose, I think it was between 50 and 80 percent of the life in America alone because they just wouldn't be able to get by without power for four years. Okay. Now there's no more food because the the grocery stores are going to get looted. They're not going to get more food coming in. They're, you forget the money. Because it doesn't matter if you have actual paper money. Who's trading paper money in the shit? It's a fan time.
2: No, because there's the paper money is already losing value. Has but no let's say value. you have
1: actual gold or silver. You're, nobody want at that point, it's going to be just people fighting each other for resources. Right? right? But,
2: but see, now, if you. Now, have, what you're saying, though, bit, look, let's if be you completely have, honest. But, if you, have gold, Altogether, but if you have gold or silver, or Bitcoin trade, or. Paper. You can trade yes. some, some for uh, the plumber to come fix your plumber. Let me be clear. You can pay for quick. mason to come do your masonry. Let me pause you. You buy stuff. Go ahead.
1: So what you're saying, though, still makes 1 million percent sense. If shit hits the fan, your best form of currency is going to be physical gold and physical silver. Right. Paper money, Bitcoin, none of that shit's going to matter. Now, if you have resources, that's good, too. But still you need those resources. It's not like money. Money is a resource in the sense of it's a resource that you can use to buy other resources. Right. But that's really, it's, it's like a placeholder. It's saying, okay, I, I could use this to buy a sheep or a cow or this or that or this. So, in what you're saying, yeah, you're better off realistically, let's say, if, if, if let's say you have $100,000 in savings for shit hits the fan time. Do you need $100,000 in gold and silver? you're probably better off taking $20,000 of that 100000 and then taking the other eighty and converting that into supplies, ammo, and weapons training. I agree. Because then, uh, even I'm though not, you only have 20000 versus $100,000, you'll at least saying, know how to protect and I'm save I'm not this saying
2: shit. you should convert all your money into gold and silver. No, 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 I know. Because who's going to be able to cash your gold and silver? And that's the other thing. Okay? But having something that you can trade... It's better than having nothing that you can trade.
1: During the Great Depression, they would say you'd, you'd have barrels full of paper money to go buy a loaf of bread because it didn't mean anything. You know, They would um, use it as fuel, like paper fuel.
2: When I went to Russia with your grandfather, I cashed in $1,000. They gave me, it was 3,000 rubles, I think, to a dollar. Okay? I cashed $1,000... They gave me a freaking paper bag full of money, but it was shit.
1: Because you, like, you still buy, needed a lot. You, you of couldn't it.
2: buy anything with it to buy stuff. Because right. it's like you you needed a lot of it to buy a can of soda.
1: Yeah. So like, let's say I don't remember exactly what you said. Let's say three thousand ruples was for a thousand dollars, or was a dollar was one dollar. So yeah, so if you're gonna buy, let's say, a dollar Arizona iced tea, it's probably gonna cost you roughly three thousand ruples. So now, yeah, but instead of having maybe a thousand ruple things like bills, they probably have like ten ruples. So you gotta put like <laughs> you yeah, shell out it was shit, crazy. They gave
2: me like a freaking paper bag full of money. It was mm-hmm. nuts. Okay, um, look, we, we're talking. To, I just said a scenario of China doing an EMP. There's solar stuff. There's always. Um,
1: or even like satellites
2: it was, you know, that are falling from the skies. There's meteorites that are in the sky. There was one, I think they've said there was the size of one sixth of the moon came close to the earth. Well, what if one of these hits, then what? Well, See, that's, that's a lot of
1: different scenarios. It's
2: a different scenario, but, uh, but you're right. But you know what? Forget about even that. What about these guys that hacked the pipeline? Right the hackers
1: that's the new that's the future now
2: can the hackers fuck up a system like that
1: oh well they did they already
2: did No, they did they did it for a pipeline company but and apparently that's what caused all the gas to go up can they get into something like the cryptocurrency yes maybe not crypto and screw that up
1: from my understanding crypto maybe not but a lot of other things they can what about
2: them knocking out power grids absolutely Now, you knock out a power grid in New York City or the East Coast, and it's down for a couple of months.
1: Dead. Millions and millions and hundreds of millions dead.
2: What's going to happen to that economy?
1: Well, let's just say it would make coronavirus be less than a cough. Mm. And now we would just be having vampire AIDS epidemic over the world or like anybody could just get yeah, if you're talk what you're talking about? Literally just getting rid of power alone. No look look at this. We need internet to stay connected in this in these times. Mm. And we need power. Like you were saying, with the the big the moratoriums on rent and all that, that was now you have your home office secured. We need to make sure we don't shut off their power and their internet so they can continue to work as slaves from their own home because if we can't work we can't contribute to them the rich, rich people they're going to be the ones who care it's the people who don't care about the rich or the poor who don't care about others at all who are just doing it to, to, like there's agents of chaos I'd call them like the Joker uh, in in the Batman movie where it's like some men just want to see the world burn like if there's people like that and there are people out there yeah yeah if they were to attack the power grid, we would be screwed. Like, I, I, there's no finances, and there's no medical, there's no communication. All these things run on gas generators. So, like, assuming that you can keep those running, hospitals are going down. Like, everything's going down. And these grids are so old that it's not an easy, quick fix. You see how long it takes when when the wind knocks down a couple power lines. That's in the United States. What about other countries? Even worse. So, that I mean, that's I think. A decent way to end is, even though it's kind of screwy, but I think what it what it is is. In all this chaos, what am I going to be focused on? Well, I'm not going to focus my my thoughts and energy negatively thinking about all this shit, unless the negative thoughts bring me a solution. Look,
2: that's my point. I want to make sure that my people. What you should be thinking about is, in the event that all these possibilities happen, what have you done to prepare yourself to survive? Right. Okay, you talked about buying ammo and weapons and supplies, okay? Buying supplies versus producing supplies. This comes back to that saying oh, right, that, right that we said... Uh, feed a man a fish. Feed him for a day. Teach a man how to fish. Feed him for a lifetime. Right. Maybe, maybe you need to learn uh, um,
1: well, that how was to do things, the agriculture.
2: Skills. Maybe you need to know how to do family uh, animal husbandry. Maybe you need to know, know how, how to field to, dress an animal. To do stuff do anything, like it. I, we had to learn
1: that thing, right. God from the so, Durga, like like learning how to sacrifice a sheep, and then most people. Oh, Islam, so barbaric, they take a knife and they cut the throat. You know what else I did? I hung up the animal after it was completely drained of blood and after a prayer was read before we and we gave him water and food before we cut them with the very sharpest knife we can find. Then we actually do take the skin off, take the guts out. I know how to quarter the animal. That's something that most people don't know how to do. So she hits the fan and all these people who like to eat food well, they don't know how the they don't know how to get their burgers. They don't know how the the chicken is has uh, turned into chicken uh, uh, wings and chicken legs and shit like that.
2: You know when you say you tell people they say, well, no, no, I can't do that. I, I'm used to going to the supermarket and getting in packages. Yeah. Okay. How about you know they have the show Naked and Afraid? How many times they can't start a fire? And these are people. That are going on this show. Assuming they know how to do this. That know how to start a fire. Yeah. Okay? But if you've never done it in your life, are you going to be able to start a fire to keep yourself warm so you don't freeze to death?
1: Exactly. You know, all the times you are see you on TV, be able to, you rub two you sticks together, to you take start a fire.
2: Some sand and rock and. And and pour it through a, a paper or, or a, a, a plastic bottle so that you can oh filter. filter out some of the crap in the water and then boil it. How are you going to boil and purify water if you don't know how to start a fire?
1: Well, remember how many times you've seen, oh, just rub two sticks together and you can start a fire. Yeah. Have you tried that ever? I did and it didn't work Nope. for shit.
2: You know what kind of fire I got?
1: You, your hands. This is fucking the worst thing that happened. Yeah. I
2: got the fire that I had to take a, a light a match or uh, right. That's the fire See, that's the I thing.
1: Got. So people so. think, "Oh, I know how to start a fire. I just put a little wood and I just keep doing like this with kindling."
2: What? Yeah. So so I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you can learn. You know, you you have a fruit tree but the fruit tree only produces a certain time of the year. Yeah. Do you know how to can? Right. Yeah. Do you know how to you know preserve stuff? Well, see, you that's know, why it's your Your electricity goes down. You no longer got a refrigerator, so you're not going to be able to store stuff long. So here you are, know how to salt. You know how to dry.
1: So here's what I was suggesting. You know to how people. to
2: preserve stuff. You see, these are all things that people should learn how to do.
1: Well, so that's what I was saying. Like, do you know what a Faraday cage is? so faraday cage is pretty much it's a it's a cage that is not affected by electricity uh and same thing with like electromagnetic pulses so the 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 reason i'm even bringing it up is like a faraday cage if you put your phone in a faraday cage and you were to sleep next to it you wouldn't get any of the radiation or anything like that from it right Mm. same thing would also happen if an emp were to hit and your phone was in a faraday cage it would not be affected same with all of your electronics. Well, I was suggesting maybe making some kind of like a Faraday cage box, with some stuff in there. You know, you keep a couple of those power bank things to charge your devices. You have a couple phones full of the information already, not connecting to the internet. I'm saying having the stuff but, preloaded. But, thi- on. but
2: this has to connect to a bigger sorts, right? No, if you just have the information on here, you can
1: have the books and pictures. Oh, and stuff oh the like
2: information! That. I got you.
1: Right. Right, yeah, yeah, because you're right. If you want to use it as a device device like we would now, it wouldn't work in the future if right. this so, shit hit the fan. So you but can then you throw can a have, lot on that, yeah. Because here's why. Yeah, you know what's better? If you have all those books. Those books take up, look, that books, that whole bookshelf could be on this phone. Right. But then the other fucked up thing is you break this phone, you lost all those books. Right. So it's like the little catch-22 of it. But you
2: have to charge that thing too, don't you?
1: But if you leave it on airplane mode so it's not searching, and, you know, you're not using... But
2: if power grid's down, then you're going to be able to charge it? Yeah,
1: well, that's why I'm saying you have little power banks. But these things will last a long time if you're not using it for network reasons. It uses most of the, the most of the power is using to find cell phone towers and to say, hey, you, we're still connected, right?
0: Mm.
1: But, yeah. Anyway, guys, I uh, hope you had a fun one. I had a fun one here talking. Anything else you want to talk about no, before we go? good. Right.
2: We should do this more often. Yeah, man. I'm
1: going to have you on. I'm going to do even some where I may, uh, in the future, maybe we'll just, if I don't make it over here, we can still do it on the phone. I could just call you as long as you're in an area, you want to talk, and then we could do it that way. But we'll definitely do it in person, too. Uh, fans love it. I'm going to have them email me. Guys, uh, rate and review, share this with your friends. Uh, email us at pissedgolfpodcast at gmail.com. In the name of the podcast with podcast after, at gmail.com. It's very easy. If you know how to spell it by now, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. But, uh, yeah, right, let's send some emails so I can read them to my dad. And You guys don't have to keep telling me how awesome it is and how smart he is. You could tell him so I could show him and I don't have to just keep saying it. So you can actually see the proof. All right, guys. I appreciate you all listening. I love you all. I'll see you next week. Anything else you want to say? Uh, anyway? Be safe, guys. Oh, I knew he was going to say that. I love it when he says that. Yeah, guys, be safe. Love you all. Peace.